Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about a change in language that could mean a breakup is on the way, why ogre-faced spiders are basically ninja assassins with help from Cornell University professor Ron Hoy, and how it's possible to exercise too much. Let's satisfy some curiosity. If only you could see the signs of a breakup coming, right? Well, scientists from the University of Texas at Austin now have some evidence that there are signs in everyday conversation, and they appear months before a breakup happens. The researchers analyzed more than 1 million Reddit posts made by over 6,800 users. They found the Reddit users on the R Breakups subreddit, which is, as the name implies, for people going through breakups. The researchers analyzed the language these people had used in their posts up to a year before their breakup and up to a year after. What they found was a notable shift in language up to three months before the breakup, a shift that peaked on the exact day of the breakup. It didn't quite matter whether the person was getting dumped or doing the dumping. And people's language didn't return to normal until about six months after the breakup. So what's the tell? Well, someone who's about to go through a breakup apparently starts to speak, or at least write, in more personal and informal ways. To the researchers, that suggests a drop in analytical thinking. People on the brink of a breakup use words like I or we more often than they had before, and show signs of more cognitive processing. These words are also common for people experiencing depression. That's because when people are depressed, their brains are focused on their own experiences and they aren't as able to relate to other people. The same seems to be true of relationship difficulties. The thinking and reflecting that comes near the end of a relationship really affects how we express ourselves. While most Redditors went back to their normal language patterns after six months, some didn't. These people tended to be the same ones who kept hanging out in the R breakup subreddit for an extended period of time. They kept talking out their breakups, and researchers say that might have extended the healing process for them and made it harder to recover. The team says this kind of analysis could be a new way for psychology researchers to study different coping strategies. But for us regular people, it's just a good reminder that breakups are hard. Some spiders wait for their prey to get caught in their webs. Other spiders are active hunters. But ogre-faced spiders do something a little different and also a little amazing. And today's guest is here to tell you about it. Ron Hoy is a professor of neurobiology and behavior at Cornell University who studies acoustic communication in insects. In other words, bug hearing. Here's Ron. Normal spiders everybody thinks of as kind of the orb web or a cobweb for catching things. And then there are jumping spiders that don't spin a web at all. They're, they're like cats. They go out and, and they catch their prey. Ogre-faced spiders have it both ways. They make their living, and it's all at night. They're nocturnally active. What they'll do is drop down from a palm frond just above the ground, and then they spin a few other frame threads. In fact, it looks like an A-frame. And the reason why they need those is it gives them an, a strong anchor. But also, these guys use webs for catching prey, and, like other spiders, they have to wait for the prey to come to them because they don't go out and attack it like a jumping spider. So they are a sit-and-wait predator, but they don't sit and wait within a huge trap. 
At night, they're poised just above the ground. And if a if an insect walks by and either trips one of the A-frame threads, that then turns on the attention of the spider. And the spider looks, uses vision, because they have incredible night vision. It's 2,000 times more sensitive than our eyes at night. And so they can see the movements. And once they've got locked onto the path of the moving insect, they drop down right over it, and they stretch. They actually have a little catch web. They build a little web between their two front legs. So you've got a little rectangular web at the tips of their two front legs, which frames out a little square. And then when they drop down, they stretch it out because it's a different kind of silk. They stretch it out, drop it down over the the prey. It's sticky, and then they haul it up. Okay, so that's one trick. But if, if you're sitting and waiting, other good things are coming by too. But they're not walking on the ground. They're flying by. So these... Spiders are are dangling by a single thread. So if they hear a sound coming by that's that's approaching, what they can do is uh, in about 10 to 16 milliseconds, do a half backflip, take their net, spread it out, and try to catch it in midair, like you would catch a bird in a mist net, only they're doing it on the fly, literally, because when they do jump up, they have to come back down. So they can't just stretch it out and leave it passively because they would get tired. That's a very uncomfortable position. So they literally do a meaning that they do a backflip and they have to drop back down. So they're casting. Did you get all that? Ogre-faced spiders use webs like tripwires and like tiny nets, and they do ninja backflips and drop back down on their prey. They're like a superhero. They're like Spider-Man, somewhat appropriately. Right. (laughs) And researchers in Ron's lab recently made a brand new discovery about these spiders that makes them even more impressive. They can hear their prey coming thanks to tiny organs on the tips of their legs. No wonder they're such a good shot. Again, that was Ron Hoy, a professor of neurobiology and behavior at Cornell University. You can find links to that ogre face spider hearing study and more in the show notes. Too much of a good thing stops being good. That's why our episodes are so short. And good things also include exercise. Yeah, exercise is good for your heart and mind and waistline, but too much can lead to a dangerous condition called rhabdomyolysis. And with intense workouts becoming more popular, doctors are seeing a rise in this life-threatening condition. So let's talk about it. Rhabdomyolysis occurs when muscles are pushed to their breaking point, literally. The muscle fibers break down and release loads of the protein myoglobin into the bloodstream. Usually, substances like that would be filtered out via the kidneys, but in this case, it's just too much for them to take. As the condition sets in, sufferers feel tired and weak with stiff, aching, tender muscles. Unfortunately, those symptoms are also your garden-variety signs of a tough workout. But this isn't. The toxic levels of myoglobin turn your urine brown. Doctors usually treat this condition with IV fluids, but it sometimes requires kidney dialysis. 
Now, rhabdo, as it's often called, has been historically associated with people with physically grueling jobs, like soldiers and firefighters. It's also known to happen with traumatic injuries, since that's another way to break open muscle cells and release myoglobin. But lately, more people have been contracting the condition from recreational workouts. Between 2010 and 2014, a single New York emergency room had 29 cases of exercise-induced rhabdomyolysis. Rhabdo is more likely to strike people when they're new to an exercise, and it's often people in the best shape who are most at risk. That could be because being physically fit can give you an elevated sense of your abilities, so you're more likely to push yourself during a spin class or a CrossFit workout, even though you've never done it before. So consider your first few experiences with a new exercise program as a trial run and keep things light. That could mean that you ride that bike more slowly than the veterans in the class, or you just do one set of squats instead of three, or you build up your running distance slowly instead of joining a new friend on their weekend's 10-miler. Believe me, it'll be better for you in the long run. All right, well, let's do a quick recap of what we learned today. Well, a change in the use of pronouns could be a sign that a breakup is on the way. Using words like I or we more often reflects that a person's brain is more focused on their own experiences. This is also common for people experiencing depression. So keep an eye out. Maybe you'll see the signs. Yeah, I can totally see this. I know when I've been going through breakups, it's like you're thinking about your feelings a lot. and You're not really, you know, focused on, oh, well, it's what's happening in politics and let's talk about my latest hobbies. It's just sort of like you're intensely focused on yourself and your partner and like what's happening with you guys. So it makes sense. Yeah. And we also learned that ogre-faced spiders are web ninjas. All right. So instead of building a traditional web that catches prey like a giant trap, they build these little A-frames. And when something crosses the A-frame, it's like a tripwire. It alerts the spider. They spring into action. They can drop down on a thread. They can grab their prey with tiny webs they formed between their two front legs and haul it back up. And they can also do backflips. They are secret agent ninja assassins. Cody, do you suddenly have a favorite spider? Spider-Man has always been my favorite superhero. Nice. I have some like not rare or valuable, but I have some sentimental, amazing Spider-Man comic books down in my basement. The little mini series arc when he fights Dr. Doom in like an abandoned building. Oh, so good. Like, ah, oh, he's just the best. He's the best superhero. He has the best villains is the thing because there's so many. I mean, you can kind of boil a lot of it down to like a dude that's down on his luck. So he gets superpowers and becomes a villain. There's not a lot of variety, but like I can see I'm getting a lot more excited about this uh, than I probably need to. <laughs> well, you know, you know what villain he doesn't have and he needs. Who? Ogre face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, comic book writers, get on it. There you go. And we also learned that it's possible to exercise too much. Rhabdomyolysis happens when you go too hard with a workout, often when it's new and you're very fit and you think you're more able to do it than you are. And your muscle cells break down and then your kidneys can't handle the overload of myoglobin that's released into your bloodstream as a result. So you can help yourself avoid this by not going too hard when you're trying a new workout, even if you're in really good shape. Or otherwise. 
I know people who have had this. I knew a friend of mine who ran the Chicago Marathon and I was tracking her on the little app that they give you and she got to mile 16 and then I never saw her get to another mile. And it's she she had rhabdo in the middle of the marathon and had to go to a med tent and couldn't go on. It's no joke. It's really serious. And there's a long recovery afterward. Yikes. I've, I've heard these stories of people who are just like, oh, yeah, I didn't train. I just got up and ran a marathon and have kind of wondered what the long term effects of that could be. I, I guess some people can do that. Yeah, it depends. It depends on who you are. I wouldn't advise it. It's not fun. Like, don't. <laughs> it's so much more fun to, like, work toward a goal than to just get up in the morning and try to torture yourself for, like, four hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, point taken, point taken. Today's stories were written by Kelsey Donk and Ashley Hamer and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Stay away from ogre-faced spiders. You know what they can do to you. And join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.